everybody. Welcome to the Niche Podcast. But the one thing I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Ron Haas. It's Wednesday. And it is time to, well, for me, I lose my voice and take a nap. But also, I, I just have to do these little segments and we're all good. Uh, we Like last week, we did, like at least, was it last week or was it two weeks ago? We covered a whole lot of game shows. Uh, we had all these little mini reviews and we wanted to just do a big compilation and, and it was fun. Uh, this might be the last episode in quite a while again. I, I want to do a beat the clock in a deal or no deal thing, but it's just not there yet. Uh, so in the meantime, we're going to be doing some reviews of some new game shows. Hooray. Uh, first of all, we got some segments going on, uh, in news, ITV is doing the genius game. Uh, last week we talked about the devil's plan and it's genius inspired. I'm a little excited to see how America or at least in this case, the United Kingdom handles the genius game because it's finally an English speaking version of the show. So I want to know how can they do the clever mechanisms and wordplay and layered loophole kind of things that come with the gameplay. I don't know. I hope it works. I, 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 that's one, that's one of the rare reality shows I do want to be a contestant on. If ever the case, I guess next should be jet lag. Uh, so, um, anyway, that's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see how that goes. That's later this year. ITV also has Deal or No Deal in the works in Jeopardy, but they're not really on schedule yet, so I'm a little concerned about those. Um, but hey, that's just that's just the way it goes sometimes in the world of game shows. Uh, we'll be talking about that later on in the show. But first, let's go into the exciting world of Loteria. You know, it is October, and uh, Dia de los Muertos is about to show up, Day of the Dead. And it's one of the rare games I remember playing in elementary school when it was this time because they want to do cultural studies. And hey, we all play Loteria at this time. And for, for me, I, I know what Loteria is. It's a lot of fun. And they made that into a game show. And it's on CBS on Mondays. This is a review of Loteria Loca. We are now going to talk about some CBS shows today. Uh, so Mondays, uh, besides Prices Right at Night, uh, there is a brand new game show called Loteria Loca. Loteria, if you don't know, is this 400-year-old uh, game, essentially bingo. But instead of numbers, it's uh, visual uh, cartoons and graphs. And the object is to essentially get four in a row. Uh, and it has been played constantly for for decades and decades here in los angeles i recall uh playing that pretty much on an annual basis uh halloween week probably because of dia de los muertos or day of the dead uh, but also because southern california kid in los angeles uh, i will have you know i am a white guy who can't roll his r so i'm the perfect uh person to be the uh reviewer for loteria loca now, Loteria Loca is the first multicultural game show on television. Essentially, it's a Latin American-inspired game show, so, similar to Sabado Gigante. There's dancing, there's a house band, there's singing, the audience starts cr uh, dancing every once in a while. It's a very visually stunning show. The set is beautiful. And it's hosted by Jame Camille, which most people who would be, uh, who say Taco would say Jamie Camille. But it's Jaime. Uh, you will know that definitely if you've ever seen, say, Blue Beetle that just came out. Uh, so Jaime is from uh, such things like Jane the Virgin, and he is just one of the funniest actors on television. And as far as being a game show host is concerned, is one of the perfect casts for this because he's very enthusiastic about the game. He loves this whole concept of what Loteria is. It feels like you are in his little world and he's bringing you in it, which makes it such a great hosting gig. In the world where there's a lot of celebrity hosts, a lot of it's just sort of just cast for the sake of cast, but Jaime being like the main host is just a perfect fit for this kind of thing because it just screams a wild Spanish game show 
but on American television, specifically CBS. But it's not just Jaime that's the host. Also, Sheila E. Sheila E., as in, like, big recording artist from, like, the 80s and 90s and just a skilled drummer, Sheila E., is, the like, the house band leader. And she's on the drums. And she's kind I would, I'm not going to say Vanna because there is no Vanna on the show. But she's the one that's sort of, whenever there is some sort of I need someone to play off of, uh, they talk together amongst it, and it makes for an interesting kind of banter. It's a unique sort of show where there are times where Sheila takes over the show rather than Jaime, and it just makes for a fantastic. Now, what the fuck is Loteria Loca? Now, here's how the game works. It's just a luck-based game show. There's two players. It's a 1v1 mano-a-mano match. Each person gets their own tableto or bingo card. But unlike a regular Loteria 4x4 grid, this one is a little simplified 3x3, kind of like a tic-tac-toe. I don't know if that was just because of game testing, it makes it go faster or whatever, but we'll say 3x3. <clears throat> and on this 3x3 grid, just like a Loteria, there's all sorts of wild things on there. Now, unlike old Loteria, where it's things like the devil or uh, the scorpion. Some of that stuff is still there, but there's also more modern things like popcorn and bobbleheads and smartphones that make it a little bit more upbeat modern. Now, the game couldn't be any more simpler. The The players go back and forth. They pick one of, I believe it is 15 numbers on the grid. These 15 correspond to the cards that are gonna be on their bingo card. Unlike Loteria, where sometimes the cards that are lied are not going to be shown to you, in this game of Loteria, it's only going to be of the bingo cards. So 18 possible things shuffled up about 15. Now, of that 15, there's going to be some crossover. So uh, if you pick one that matches both cards, they're both going to be marked just like bingo. The goal is simple, to get Loteria or Bingo by getting three in a row, and just like in a tic-tac-toe, horizontally, vertically, diagonally. If you do one of those, you get $10,000 as a bonus, and the first player to get two Loterias on their 3x3 grid wins the game and goes on to keep go on to the bonus round where they can turn that into much more money. Now, it, 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 as it is a simple back-and-forth luck-based show, uh, if you call a number and that number is a card that's on your tableta, you win the money. And that money is anywhere between $1,000 to $5,000. But there is Loterias. Uh, there are Loca cards. They are the Loteria Locas, which are mini games similar to that that you would have saw on Snoop Dogg's Joker's Wild. Like, what is this five-letter word? Where am I? Uh, let's do a dance sequence. Let's sing La Cucaracha, but make American lyrics, and then you try to fill in the words. And for each one you get is like, is a certain amount of money. Sometimes it's there's three of them, 2,500 each. If you get all three, it's 10,000. So almost like a, I would say like a Wheel of Fortune triple toss-up. It's sort of that kind of a spirit. It's it's not, um, there's nothing horrid. There, it, it, there's no like, I would say there's nothing gross. The challenges are very lighthearted and fun and uh i would say very simple trivia where it's where it's i would say levels of celebrity jeopardy easy uh so when contestants get it wrong i am more screaming at the camera than you would want me to uh believe let's just say they cast it based on personality not intelligence on this show <coughs> so uh, you do the Loteria card, and you make your bank. But that bank is not yours quite yet, because it's only yours if your card is on the tableta. If we reveal it and it's on the other player's card, well, just they get the market, and they get the money. So back and forth. If it's your card, you get the money. First to three in a row wins. That's the simplest way to explain it. It's like a tic-tac-toe board. First to get three, three in a row gets $10,000 bonus. First to get two gets another $10,000 and goes on to the bonus round. Uh, Loteria cards are played for more money than the $5,000 maximum in round one. And that's about it. 
the dancers serve as sort of like the uh, conductors of the challenges as well, as well as Sheila E. So at any point when the Loteria comes in, the set just gets all bright and flowery and the hail span starts playing rack, wacky music. It becomes fun. Once we get two in a row, hey, you won, you're going on to play for $1 million and the other one gets nothing. And then we go into the second half of Loteria Loco, which is kind of like the press your luck bonus round. In the press your luck bonus round, you know, you go through and you have to press your luck for more and more money. And if you get 500000 or more, you win a million bucks. For Beach Shazam, you get six songs. For each one, you get 25000 Get all six, right? You get to unlock the final song for a million dollars. It becomes a sort of like there's all this sort of uh, challenge to get to the million dollars. For Loteria Loca, it's, I hate to say this, it's set for life. They just did set for life. There are 20 cards now, not 16, 20. Uh, no, not 15, 20. And on the board are your 16 corresponding Loteria cards, because now we're playing Classica Loteria. You get four in a row, you get a Loteria, you get $25,000. That's more than 10,000 in the front half of the game. But be careful. Amongst the 20, and there's still Loteria squares, but are, uh, the Loka squares are still going to be attached to your bank no matter what, are skulls. Skulls are bad, yucky. Laying on a skull, you lose half your bank. So that means if you made four, like $40,000 in the front half, it becomes 20. You find another one, 20 becomes 10. You find another one, 5,000. But... You find all four skulls in this final game, the four out of 20, you lose everything and the game is over. You get nothing. All of the work for the hour is for naught. However, and this is the thing, there are 16 good squares. So you're playing Loteria. If you grab a card and it it's obviously going to be on your tableta, if you get four in a row, same thing like the normal game, horizontally, vertically, diagonally. If that happens, you get the 25,000 and the option. You can walk away with the with the whole bank plus the $25,000 bonus and say adios with the money, or you keep playing and try to play for Mas Dinero. Uh, boy, that was the wisest way I have ever seen Mas Dinero ever. And you basically keep playing to try and win more money. If you get all 16 of your board, you get a full house, you win a million dollars. And this doesn't matter when it happens. You can hit all three skulls and be down to like $3,000, but you fill out your house, the game is over a million dollars. Likewise, though, you could be having the worst game of your life, three red skulls at the beginning, and just start winning and winning and winning and winning, knowing that one skull lying around amongst the 16 left could knock you out of the game, which makes it for an even more dramatic thing. But of course, this is a luck-based game show, and it just shuffles around. But yes, in this game, four red, you're dead. I mean, four skulls, you're dead. Uh, when you land on a skull, you have to keep playing. There's no option to leave until you get another four in a row, which makes the game very dramatic because essentially what makes it the stakes of the game is you keep going, you hit your three skulls, and now there's that final skull lurking around. So now you wanna keep playing the game but now, uh-oh, you're in hot water. You need to get a Loteria before finding that skull. And once you get the Loteria, oh, everything's happy. You hear that theme song, Loteria, Loteria Loca, and it just, it becomes happy. And then back to dramatic music. Do you want to say adios and take your money, or do you want to go Mastanero? I, I was running the numbers. I thought it was a 50-50 at first, but uh, I talked to a couple mathematicians here who, because... I guess I suck at math. I, I used to, did you know I used to be a math tutor? <laughs> anyway, um, it's actually a 20% chance of winning a million dollars in this game, which is actually pretty good odds when you consider a lot of things like, say, Jeopardy, like not Jeopardy, like, like Wheel of Fortune's 1 in 26, but you still have to get the wedge, or Deal or No Deal, still 1 in 26 chance. Here is a 1 in 5 chance, which is really good odds to win a million dollars. And you have to be very gutsy because you're going to have to be risking everything to go for it. So this has to be a player who has like maybe less to lose, like 30000 and going for the shot. 
or somebody who doesn't care about the quarter million because essentially the numbers when they add up will be a quarter million. And just like in the front game, there is money attached to each card. So it's not just the 25,000 you're aiming for. You pick a card, oh, it's the light bulb, it's $4,000. You get the 4,000 and it's gonna keep building, which makes the stakes even higher. Additionally, uh, that, that, that game really does drag a bit. Uh, so now let me just go into the pros and cons aspect of the game. I love the multiculturalness of this. I, I, I think it's about time. I love the fact it's a unique show. It's based on Loteria, which is a, definitely a game people are familiar with, but not fully familiar with. But it's so easy to understand. It's the perfect game show that is the multicultural. If, if you're an English speaker who has no understanding of Spanish culture, you will easily pick this up. And if you are a Spanish speaker and English is your second language, you could still watch CBS and get familiar with the show because quarter to half of the time they are speaking Spanish to these contestants. So there is this multilingual game show out there on CBS that pulls from both sources and you can really root for these players as they try to win a million dollars. Uh, it is not like embarrassing or gross like buddy games. It is uh, not really... I was originally thinking, oh, this is just going to be like the amazing race where they're just going to get a mariachi band and call it a day. No, they actually wound up going into like, this is a big cultural party kind of vibe that makes it kind of fun to watch. I hate dark sets. I hate, I will keep saying this. I'm sick of dark void sets. Now this set is a bit dark, but what they did is instead of making it a fucking black linoleum floor and LED lights all over the place, it's, um, it's like a nice, like they made it more like, uh, Spanish architecture, uh, almost, uh, there is the, uh, there's nice archways, LED lights, colorful stairwells, um, there is, uh, well, fake, um, uh, ad adobe flooring, uh, that makes it look cool. I love sets that look cool. I feel like I'm part of this universe. This is like a outside Spanish set or maybe Mexico set because they're going for Loteria Loca. The Spanish set vibe that feels like this is a warm summer fun night with bands and dancers and audiences and everybody is rooting for these players. It's one amazing set, amazing soundtrack because it is that sort of house band Spanish flair. Uh, I believe Paul Ferrer from The Chase is one of the composers of the show. and It's just brilliant the way it's handled. The gameplay, on the other hand, is so simple. It's Loteria. Get three in a row. You don't really have to know shit. You just have to pick the right numbers to get four in a row or three in a row. And that's really proof of the Loteria challenges. Now, that's where I'm coming into the negative part. The Loteria challenges are essentially trivia. And when they're casting, I think they were kind of casting for more enthusiastic yeah i want five because I, I i've been celebrating with my wife five years of our anniversary yeah it just no it does it i i, I get it but it just it still feels a little outdated things like that still feel a little outdated with the casting i think you could have done more multicultural casting too if that was the case um but the fact that it's an easy to understand format and you're basically, I hate to say handheld, but your handheld through the show of how it works is good. The final round though, it's a luck-based game show, but it's very slow and drags on. And and one of the problems with a stop and go, uh, a stick and twist situation kind of game show like this uh, is you'll have to stretch for time if they don't go all the way which means you're going to end up seeing a what's behind 10. You have two red skulls left. We'll find out after this. And there's still like half of the board not cleared. So you end up having these moments where it's just, uh, well, we know they're going to quit right about now because I look at the clock and it's nine fifty-eight. So they're going to say vominos and adios with the money, even though there's plenty to go with. Um, 
it's fine. I think it's fine. I It's very ambitious. I would say I love when game shows like this exist because as much as I love being an international game show person looking at a lot of international formats and going, well, yeah, this is from Belgium and this is from Italy and this is from this. Loteria, the only thing I can point off is a Latin American bingo game show. And that's it. And it, it's such a brilliant concept to adapt. I think they did a few game tests, and this is the one they came up with. There's certain things where it's just like, well, maybe they wanted originally to be an Loteria Grid catch-up game, and it just didn't work out. Uh, or maybe they wanted to have it be three players instead of two. Or maybe the, the bingo challenges were more uh, less trivia-based and more luck-based. Uh, but it, it's that's the part where it, it, it falters that in the slowness of the end game. I think the fact it's a luck based show is still fine. I mean, luck based game shows have existed with deal or no deal and classic concentration, except for that rebus puzzle that you just have to be at the right place at the right time. And I think that's fine with Loteria. Uh, I just think the only issue with something like this will be one dealing with the ugliness of like, Ugh, there's no like, just the kind of, you know, weird, I'm not gonna say racist, but you know, it's, let's just say they have a great replacement theory and they're wondering why it, it's Lotria Loca and not bingo after dark. Uh, <clears throat> and second, I like the Loteria stuff. I just wish there was more squares and more funny things like a banana or eggplant emojis, something just to add more variety to the, the cartoonish of the game. Obviously, if they're going by standard Loteria, they probably made 40 cards or so. And that's what they dwell into to make the 16 or so for the front game and the 16 in the main game. It, it's it's all load of fun. Um, but... Um, I like the fact it's cultural. I like a cultural game show. I, f I feel like this is a show where if you never took a Spanish class, you're going to learn Spanish words. So it's easy to understand. And I think given trends and multicultural families being a very important thing currently in America, we are the great cultural melting pot and putting in air quotes. This is a perfect time for a game show like this. So for there's so much ambition and so much pomp and 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 celebration that it's a good show for all of that. It's just the gameplay aspect is the weakest part of the show. And that's that's the worst part is the the every single time I review a game show, it's what's the game, what's the show, what's the game show? The game is Loteria, and that's fun. The show is brilliant. I love the way that it's presented. I love the giant tablets that they have. It just screams beautiful. But the two together is sort of like a clash. And, and, and in a way that is just, it's not like, oh my God, must-see television. But it is one that's like, I love this ambition. I love the dream. Oh, if only this and this and this happened. Like, if only they changed up the end game, or if only they made classic lottery of a four by four grid and just made a classic lottery of like a forty different cards. Uh, or if they did lottery challenges based on the cards. Like, this is the chili challenge, and we're not like making them eat like hot shit, but it's like, oh, this is the chili challenge. Uh, name these hot actors or something. Um, so something like that would have been a little bit more, uh, sense in my mind, but, uh, I wish it was more for Sheila E and more dancing and more f like of that aspect, but it just feels like some of the classic game show tropes of let's go to your friends and family in the audience. What should you do? And let's pick number three, because I, uh, have three kids. It, it, that's the stuff that just feels outdated. And uh, and a luck-based game show like Loteria, the end game is very, very slow. And I feel like that's the kind of end game that could have been done in two acts instead of three. Um, or it's one that could have just been one single act. 
like maybe if you had two, like a mono y mono, I hate to say tournament structure. You have loterias that are four by four, and the first loteria advances to the final loteria where they take their car with them and they have to get two loterias, and then they go back and forth, and then the winner goes on to like a faster, speedier version of that 16 full house game. Maybe that would have been better. Um, but it just feels a little slow. Um, I don't think that's CB. I don't know if that's a CBS call. I don't know if that's uh, Jeff Aploff or Aaron Solomon's call. But it's to me a brilliant idea of a game show. I, I, I I'm as much as I'm like dismissing the in game and its pacing. A lot of it is just good. I would say really good. I would not put. I would not say, man, this is the best game show in the world. But I will say, this is a good game show. I love the fact someone tried a unique idea, and they went on with it, and this concept just fits. It works. I just, I, I my recommendation, I don't know if it will work this way. I'll have to probably check on Paramount+. Plus. If you can get an ad-free version, like I do with my watch The Price is Right, if there's an ad-free version of Lotria Loka on Paramount+, Plus, watch that, because that 45 minutes will probably go by a lot faster. And that might make it for a much better show. But when there's commercial breaks, oh, God, I don't want to sit and watch another antidepressant ad as we find out if number 10 has the clown or not. But I do recommend checking it out. It's on Paramount+. Plus. I definitely know that. It is definitely on CBS Mondays. I think they have 10 episodes. It is called Lotria Loca. Very unique, very fun. Uh, I don't know if I would be a good contestant on there, but I'd be very smart and know where Peru is. I think that's the biggest con. The casting, the slow end game, and the outdatedness of I want number four. And this, 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 we'll find out after the break. I think you can do a lot better than that, but everything else is just fucky ass. I'm celebrating. I'm dancing. I'm, I'm having a good day here. Uh, I, I still think it's a really cool show. Uh, episode two showed it is doable to win. So I think I'm right with my prediction here. Uh, but additionally, uh, when it comes to Lotria Loca, uh, it, I, I still think they cast it based on personality, not intelligence. So a lot of these Lotria challenges are very easy, and you just kind of scream, how did you not know it? And it just pisses me off. But CBS has another game show also uh, debuting on Paramount+. Plus. It's a little show called Raid the Cage, and it actually requires knowledge. Here is what it's all about. CBS has a brand new game show, Lotteria Loca. No, we just covered that. It is actually called Raid the Cage. And Raid the Cage is actually in Israeli format from about a decade ago. Uh, in that show, it's basically a, um, there's a big box of prizes. It's the cage. And there's little mini games to try and win bigger prizes, usually cars and vacations. Uh, contestants get 10 seconds, then 20 seconds, and 30 seconds, and 40 seconds and a multiple choice question. Uh, if they don't know the answer, uh, they can switch a uh, role, so then whoever's running into the cage can be the one answering the question and vice versa, or they could switch out the question itself. Uh, it, it's okay as, as, a, as a standard quiz game goes because it's essentially a physical challenge game show mixed with a trivia show. And everyone's been trying to do that sort of physical and trivia stunt show for the sake of, say, viral ability. Um, I remember that was one of the big pitches with Heaven and Hell, which was more like a dare show where there's impossible questions. And then if you uh, screw up, you have to play basketball with cactuses. And, oh, no, they're in pain. <laughs> it just... It's kind of that similar style of, of series, but with, with Raid the Cage, it's more silly, over-the-top, kind of more skill-based like basketball uh, or just running around circles. Uh, so now, while that version is multiple-choice question of four possible answers, the people at Sony who took this format turned it into a team-based game show. So much like... Lotria Loca, it's a 1v1 show that becomes a person versus house show at the end. Here's how it works. Essentially, uh, there is three quiz rounds and then the bonus round for the winning team. The goal is simple with the two teams. Whoever can amass the most money by raiding the cage and getting out wins all the prizes and goes on to the final round. 
Now, the amount of time it goes into raiding the cage is dependent on the gabber, the one answering the questions, and whatever they can grab out of the cage by the grabber. We'll go into both in just a second. So <clears throat> we'll just pretend without the scoring mechanisms what each round entails. There's a category and 11 answers. The gabber has to answer those questions. It's multiple choice, but it's all basically wordplay. So, for instance... Um, you might see something like uh, uh, numbers or letters, and then it's numbers, and in numbers you'll see something that's all silly. So it's going to be like 1, 2, 3, 14, 25, 69, 666, and then suddenly you get like Number of the Beast, Adele album, it, it, things like that as, as your clues. If they say the correct answer, they get a correct, and that's going to be time on the clock. If they're wrong... We, the audience, gets to see the correct answer, but they don't, and they get to keep playing, like a sparkle quiz. Uh, after the time has elapsed, I think it is 45 seconds or 40 seconds. It's a, it's, it's, they didn't specify the clock, I don't think, in the rule book. I'm going to assume, if I actually have to, like, guess, 60 seconds. And that's the amount of thinking time to get through all 10 questions. So it's actually a very fast-paced quiz round, which I do appreciate. Plus, it's not like, what's the capital of this? Even though it'll say something capital to get to a certain clue. But I have like four possible answers. It should almost pinpoint, even if you don't know necessarily the answer, you can make a really reasonable guess. And if that reasonable guess is wrong, it's still not the end of the world. You just kind of lost like four seconds or so. Uh, so after those 10 seconds, and uh, sorry, after those 10 questions are up, we go into the cage. Uh, the cage person gets told how much time they have on the clock. Jeannie then explains if there is a challenge, what needs to be done, and what the prize is at stake. Any sort of big prize that you can notice, like, oh, a telescope, or, oh, look, a laptop. And then uh, they raid the cage. And essentially, think supermarket sweep or a super toy run. There's no shopping cart. There's no basket. They just have to grab items in the cage or do the physical challenge. So what you're going to see is a lot of ingenuity of people using boxes or uh, seats or uh, coolers and then using the coolers like the Yeti cooler uh, as basically a little mini shopping cart to put in more products to wheel it into the into the cage, out of the cage. Now, if time runs out and they're in the cage, they lose all the prizes they've amassed in the round. Additionally... If they step a foot over the cage, they can no longer grab the game is over. They can't run out of the cage, run back, and go back and forth. And the last piece of weird news is that um, <clears throat> uh, you can only make one trip. Since I said one trip, and you can only go past a line, uh, if you somewhat... Uh, some prizes, if you grab them, they're not back in the cage or vice versa. So you're basically stuck. Uh, with what you got and what you see is if you are right at the end and you have like a, a laptop in your hand and you do the hand stop they don't stop for you which is even though in raid the cage the rules of the original if you put your arm out right when the door closes that's considered safe and you win whatever's in your hands they don't do that in this version it is you have to be out the fucking door if you're not out the door you don't win anything that's a little bit of a uh, but they also have like a three second warning, so you have to really speed out of the way, which also adds to a little tension to the game. Uh, so it's very cool the way they're trying to handle the like essentially a heist based challenge show. Uh, so then we go into the and then as so then there's challenges and some challenges just like dunk a basketball or uh, you just have to. Uh, pick up, find something in in the uh, bowl or, or uh, a skee ball situation. Like, they're all little mini challenges, and they're all very clever. Uh, to me, they're a little time-wastery, but in a little bit of skill, a little bit of, of, of probability, but the time it takes to do it is worth a really big prize, which is really cool. Um, in the case of the premiere episode, uh, they had to, to get the car... I think they had to sink three baskets and then go use the token to unlock the car and then push the car out the door 
Well, there was a little guy in the car basically making sure it goes through the door because it's a very narrow ship. It's a, it's fine. It, it's it's a Mini Cooper, so it's kind of on par with what you would see on a Let's Make a Deal or The Price is Right. But So it's a little silly. I would say very silly. Um, and there's a few vacations, so it's all prizes. I, I to me, that's kind of the fun aspect of it, is all the prizes being, being thrown around. Uh, and basically, like supermarket sweep before it, you have to build your sweep total. So, hey, you got the smartphones, you got a laptop, you got designer handbags, you got yourself this trip. That was valued at $5,200, and then that's added to your score. Uh, so, <clears throat> we repeat that process three times, So, and more and more prizes uh, get added up. Again, we'll push into the minutiae later. Whoever has the most goes into the final round. In the final round, uh, which is the big bonus round, they keep all their prizes no matter what. So they made like 20000 in prizes. They won those prizes. It's theirs to keep. Other team, not so much, and they and they lose everything. Oh, dear. Uh, I guess it adds more stakes to the game, kind of like if you ran out of time and you were stuck in the cage or you got a question wrong, you lose all your prizes. So... There is less jeopardy of losing everything because no matter what, one team should have something. In the final round, though, it's the it's the beat the cage. In beat the cage, it's the ultimate shopping spree where there is all the good prizes. So that's where the car comes in. That's where the big fantasy vacation comes in. Uh, that's where um, a camper van is. And each of these is attached to a, a prize, and it's 90 seconds to get through as much of that as possible and grab as much prizes as possible. Now in this for in this final round, it's basically a tag team. So once you leave the cage, you tag your partner, they go in and they do some more challenges, they grab more shit, tag, and you can go back and forth, back and forth as many times as you wish, but be careful if one person is left in the cage when time runs out, you lose everything. Additionally, if you take your time and you don't shop fast enough, and you don't amass $50,000 or more in prizes, you also lose everything. So there is even more stakes to the game. So it's basically like a big old shopping spree. Um, very nice. I think that's very cute. Uh, for me, that, that, that makes for a bit more fun to the game because that's where the big prizes are. That's like the big showcase part of the show. Uh, so now we get into the minutiae. You ready? So, it's two teams of two. Uh, we introduce both teams, they flip the coin backstage, and team one gets a choice between two categories, and they'll kind of just one-word clues, like brains or brawn, or paper or plastic, and they have to choose, and that determines what the category order is. Whatever they pick, uh, they get ten questions in the time limit, and each one is worth three seconds of time, which means if they sweep the, the, the floor, they get 30 seconds. Otherwise, it's like 20 seconds. It's okay. The other team, because uh, they got to choose who gets to be the gabber, who gets to be the grabber, gets to do the same, but they have the other category to work on. And then again, the gabber answers the questions, grabber grabs questions, three seconds per time, and they run that out. Then we go into round two. There's one challenge on the board for a cool prize, one uh, featured prize shown in the cage, and now it's worth five seconds of time. Now, team two gets to go first, not team one, but unfortunately, whoever was the grabber becomes the gabber, and whoever becomes the gabber becomes the grabber, so the role reversal already hits, and then they have to choose which category, and then they answer the questions, and then five seconds of time, run, run, run. Is it is it fair? Who fucking cares? And then we do it again with the other team, Team 1. Now, I should also stress this out, too. Maybe I should have said this also in the, in the review. The cage is identical. Every prize in both cages are identical, so it's equal footing for who can grab what when. If someone wins the, the trip in one thing, they could grab the trip in the other. The only thing they cannot grab is, I believe, the uh, mystery boxes. Once the mystery box is claimed, it is claimed. Because otherwise, it would just be unfair that one person can do the challenge, complete the challenge, and then get the prize, and then that's it. As in, the other team can't have a shot at completing the challenge, right? 
Wouldn't that suck? I would think that'd be a little unfair. Anyway, we go into round three, where it's seven seconds of time. But this time, whoever's in the lead currently gets the decision to go first or second. And they also get to decide again who gets to grab and who gets to get. And that's the final round where you get up to 70 seconds. And then you do it again with the other team. And then we do the final sweep totals. And whoever has the most wins their prizes and goes on to the big bonus round. Thank you so much for playing, other team. And we go into the final round. Final round. Look, there's three challenges instead of two in round three. And it's, it's like, see, there's one challenge and two challenges and three challenges. Um... And then we go into the final round, $50,000 in 90 seconds, and they tag and tag and tag, and we'll see what happens, and that's good. All right, that's the show. That's basically how it works. You just run in, grab some shit, get the fuck out. That's essentially, <laughs> I just spent like 15 minutes explaining people answer questions to build a time for one person to go in the cage, grab shit, and get the fuck out. That's it. Uh, now I get to review the fucking show, which is great. Uh, Damon Wayans uh, was originally on Frogger, uh, one of the, I, I think that's a guilty pleasure show not a lot of people watched and I loved, and Jeannie Mae, who many people will know from Holy Moly as a sideline reporter, playing the role of a sideline reporter on this show. Uh, they are filming this on the Mexican set, so maybe Marco Regal was somewhere to be found, who knows, uh, but uh, essentially, uh, on this show, uh, the set dressing is very blues and oranges. The It's a very boxy set. And it's still that game show dark, but they're trying to brighten it up now. I think they're trying to see what can we do to fix this up a bit uh, in terms of set dressing, but still a very LED-focused cube set, essentially. A cube with an LED strip with a cube with an LED strip. The audience is very small. I would say about 40 people. Uh, they film this in Mexico, so they have to basically applaud and maybe speak a bit of English. I don't know. I don't know how that process works, um, but they're there to clap and go, yay, uh, which is kind of weird because I think that's what Lutre Loca kind of did. Uh, anyway... Uh, so, once they raid the cage and all the, the bullshit stuff, it, it's very blue. The set, like, lights up when it's, like, three, two, one raid, or when the timer goes and we're transitioning to the quiz round. It, it's very cool. When, when it's the final three seconds, the room turns red. Perfect, like, time cues, which I really love in a show like this. But there's not a lot in terms of, like, the right-hand side and blocking, I would actually say, in terms of, like, for me, this is a show that has blocking issues. And it makes sense, kind of. They don't show how much time the runner has, but they only have basically, like, a triangle to work on. And they're really focused on the backside of the cage, the one that's facing the, the, the main camera, where there's the two main challenges, and that's where the host is standing above and the contestant. Uh, so you're basically just seeing pedestals with phones and cameras and you're seeing, uh, trips and a weird over the top prize and that, and that's fine, but essentially you, if you were the camera director, the contestant can't go on the bottom corner or the far or the pretty much the left hand side where one of the challenges was. One of the challenges in the first episode was uh, find a rubber duck in a bathtub full of blue rubber balls. So they have to basically like empty out all the balls and then find the duck and put it on the on the uh, on a pillow. But the blocking was bad because you're only seeing an over the head shot. You're not seeing them looking at the duck. There's lots of prizes next to the bathtub that we don't get to see as the viewer of possibilities for the contestants to grab. Like, I saw an ATV. You can grab the ATV. I saw a golf cart. I, I There was, like, little things here and there that it's like, why didn't they just show that You can as a possibility of a prize to grab? There's a lot of features that's like, oh, that's there. They should really grab it. And they do not. And it just sort of sucks. That, that to me, is, like, the blocking issue. 
uh, which which kind of makes sense in a way because like I remember Funhouse because this all just reminds me of Funhouse. The, you know the fine round Funhouse like it's like Double Dare. They go into the room, they have to do a physical challenge, and then they grab the tag, and then they leave. They grab three, they tag their partner, and then they have to go on with the remaining time, and they go back and forth. It's like that, but with the actual physical prizes instead of a gift tag. Um, so it, it's, it's an interesting shopping spree mechanic, but the blocking just isn't really there. It, it's sort of... Um, to me, that is kind of like the big hiccup is... I think it needs like a 360 camera like the cube or it needs like an arm rig like right above the content like maybe put the arm rig uh on the right hand side on the second bridge where the audience is so you can kind of have an overhead shot of the back of the cage otherwise it's really just a flat panel it's not really as round as they want it to look like um which I don't think is the case because Knowing the show, knowing the kind of people who work on the show, they really want to make sure you see all the cool prizes that they have and all of the contestants doing all the physical challenges and grabbing all the stuff in their arms and running out the door. Um, so blocking, which is something I never rarely, which is something I rarely say about a game show, is a little subpar on this show. The set's very dark at times. Because it's very TV screens. And again, it needs to be a little better on that. The gameplay, though, of the questions being fast-paced and then the running and grabbing the prices, fucking love. I think that is the highlight of the show. That's the format. It works. Because, oh, you can play along real quick because they're right on the screen. You've seen the cage. It's kind of like the Double Dare obstacle course. Go grab that thing. Go, go, go. Oh, I see that thing. Go get that. Like like when you watch Supermarket Sweep. You know, like, oh, get the hams. Get the hams. Well, there's some electronics. Get the electronics. Get the electronics. It's very cute. I think that's a very awesome kind of mechanic. Um, and then it's the head-to-head uh, -head aspect. It's okay. Um, but the premiere episode was not really clutch. It was sort of like, if the doors close, you lose everything. So it doesn't really add stakes to the game when it's like, oh, the other team just needs to get like $500 more and they win this game. And they're like one foot away from like a, a fucking margarita machine and right next to like Disneyland tickets. Like, it's just, oh, okay. Yeah, it's easy enough. Well, not Disneyland tickets, I assume. Some sort of tickets, like a prize. Uh, designer handbags are like 400 bucks. So it's just like you just grab three bags and you're done. Uh, it It's fine. I, I <clears throat> Here's the thing, though. I get why they try to amp up the stakes into a one, two, three situation and build time. I wonder if it's better, and I'm just thinking this out loud, because, I mean, the head-to-head -head game was fine. Why do two teams with three prizes when you could do something along the lines of you have three teams and they all have free reign over a bigger cage? It's more looking like a, sh like a fucking uh, shopping center. Because the cage is very claustrophobic. I mean, the prizes you barely got to see because it's a fucking black linoleum floor uh, and a black pedestal. And then you see this little red thing and then you see, like, the phone. It's, you had Jeannie May have to say, that's an iPhone 14 Pro. Like, oh, okay. I mean, that's a cool, that's a cool prize, but, well, I had to wait. Um... Why not make it so it's three teams and it's each one gets two attempts? And then you can say whoever has the most goes on. It's the same six rounds. It's just instead of three with two, it's two with three. Because um, then like Supermarket Sleep, you have three teams of two. And then you have just two rounds where one is the grabber, one's the thing. And you could just switch them out. You could, and that's it. Oh, and then the final round, you are the runner. And then the maybe they tried it. Maybe they game tested this, and that's why the two teams with three rounds is just simply a better show. Maybe adds more stakes to the game. 
But for me, if it was me doing the whole quiz and grabber grabber kind of thing, one, I would make the cage way bigger and I would give the teams a little bit more time. I wanted to feel more like a supermarket sweep or a super toy run where they're in the toy store. Oh, yeah, shit, I have only a minute left. I got to grab and, and have that panic in their mode. But they can see. And I would want that personally, even to the audience. Visually show where everything is because it, it seems to be all scattered. And I would rather have a supermarket sweep everything's in its own little corner cubby and like a fun little name like shop till you drop this is the electronic section this is the jewelry this is designer handbags and clothes this is uh tickets and and shopping sprees this is the car lot and then this is uh the challenge zone or whatever and you have the little challenges scattered in each zone so there is still the three but you have that in the beginning of the game so that way, uh, you have it so everybody can do all the challenges and everybody can have a chance to win the prize. Uh, and I'll explain more in a little bit. Uh, so once you get through all the challenges and you get anywhere as most wins and gets to keep it, the final round, I think, should be a cash base finale. Because I, I think when you're talking about raid the cage, yes, you're doing a prize cage and that's fun. But what if you had it so it's like press your luck? I, I hate to compare anything to press your luck because to me, press your luck is one of the better game shows out there. You don't want to take anything from press your luck. But what if you take a cue from press your luck and you have it so the three prizes in the cage are dream prizes, but not dream, dream prizes. We're not going to go full on press your luck. Here is like a Maserati. We're not going to go that far. But, you know, if you want to do like a like a Mercedes Benz, maybe, or you want to do like a Tesla, I'm sure Tesla's because they're like $60,000 and like, like a, a, a sub $75,000 prize. You can it, like if the limit is 50,000, 75 and 